So, something's happening. Something big. You see it? You hear it? Kean, Ox, and Virgil, you stand in the grand halls of the Phoenix grounds. Commander Gree waits as Commander-in-Chief Nevane, the other Dawn Shepherds, and finally Commander-in-Chief Rowan Sterling leave the room. Henry's turned his back and walked out the door, blind with confidence. No one goes to follow him. Commander Gree stays in the room with you after all the others leave, and the door closes behind them. She waits a moment, and then the very formal demeanor of the, the Dawn Shepherd fades slightly as, as she smiles and opens the door again and gestures for you to follow her. Virgil does so. Keen follows. Ox follows. You are led down a door-lined corridor and it's quiet and empty and Commander Gree occasionally glances back to you and then forward again and, and back again and they don't speak until you exit out the back and find yourselves outdoors, standing on a stone pathway that stretches beneath a canopy of large pines and oaks, the sort of campus of the grounds from here stretching upwards. There are circular buildings with courtyards that have up to three floors or so, round windows in all of them. They stop and turn around. I know all of that was uh, kind of tense, but I do want you all to know you're not in trouble or anything like that, necessarily. It's just um, certain precautions had to be put in place, but you are free to explore the grounds themselves as you please within the walls. And if you have any questions, again, you can ask me and I can take you to your rooms. If we wish to collect our things from the Goodlove estate, could we do so under supervision? They kind of wince and go into a shrug and then sort of stop and straighten up again. I was only told that you were supposed to stay inside. I understand it is complicated, but as of yet, we've not learned any uh, important information, anything that should be classified. So as it stands, there is nothing we could do to spread such things. Why don't I show you to your rooms? All right then. I I just, I... I'm sure we can figure something out, at least for the two of you. They look to you, Ox, and to you, Kian. Um, Floris, I'm, I'm not... I can't confidently say you'll be allowed to leave the grounds at this point. That's all right, if that is the case. I apologize if that's an inconvenience. No, I should be grateful that it is only an inconvenience, I suppose. She nods and then turns back around and, and starts to lead you down the path. The dormitory looking building that you're led to is, is not far away from this main meeting hall. You're led inside. It's simple, but, but cozy, similar dark wood and round windows as you've seen throughout these buildings. And you're led up to the second floor to the very back of the hallway, there's a window that is mostly blocked by a very large tree that, that shades the building from the afternoon sunlight. They open one of the doors to a decently sized room for the three of you. There are two beds. It looks kind of like 
what you would see at a university. So it's a shared space, simple, undecorated. You'll be staying here. You can eat in the kitchens or the dining hall, or if you prefer, I'm sure we could arrange for food to be brought to you. I am not privy to all of the information about the mission you're being sent on, but from what I understand, you have received some instructions from the representatives from Freya and Ennian. We talked to both representatives, yes. I think we're still all choices at the moment, but we'll figure that out now, I guess. I'm fairly certain there will be someone accompanying you, at least for part of your journey. And so if you would like to make a good first impression, having a plan in place might be to your benefit. Who exactly, may I ask, will be joining us? Probably one of us, if that's okay with you. He looks confused as to how it's seeming that he's being given a choice. <laughs> I think we understand the situation a bit, at least. Ox, what have you been doing during all this? Ox has been sort of looking around at the courtyard and the surroundings. He seems a little distracted. Commander Gree nods to you, Kian, and to you, Ox, and gives Virgil a, a lingering look and looks as if they're about to, to turn away and then turns back. There are really no... I know there is some tense history behind you and Commander-in-Chief Sterling and the situations that led you to leave Dawning, but there really are no hard feelings. Um, I probably wouldn't be here without you and, and Commander Sterling. So it's an honor to be working with you. Um, the honor is ours then to share. Um, I'm sorry, should I recall you in some sense? You make it sound no, like- No, 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 no. I mean, I guess I should recall you, but you shouldn't recall me. Okay. There's an island called Fina that you helped relocate. My, my sister and I used to live there. Right, with the, the water guardian, I recall. I'm glad the two of you were able to safely relocate. Well, me too. Anyway, so I know things are weird and stuff, but I think it's good you decided to stay. Um, I appreciate you saying so. I hope you'll forgive me if I doubt that the other shepherds have the same neutrality, but it is nice at least. Well, for things not to be so tense between us, I hope. I... I mean, yes. Also, I, I don't think... Well, she shakes her head, uh, dismisses whatever she's going to say. I'll leave you all... Do you want an extra set of bedrolls? That might be appreciated, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll go tell one of the staff. Thank you. Then I'll be on my way, let you get settled, and... I'm sure one of the other commanders will be by soon to discuss the, the details of the mission and also plans for you two to 
to leave the walls. I'll see if, what I can do about that. Thank you. They bow slightly and turn and walk down the halls. Kayla, let's let a deep breath. All right. So are we going to get Henry? Well, I'd like to, but I don't, I wouldn't ask him to join us if that is not what he wishes. I wouldn't ask that of any of you. Fuck, I wasn't really planning on all of this to this extent. It just seemed like it was something that you needed. You, again, you don't have to come. No, I, we're here. It's gonna be fine. I just don't really know how we're gonna do this now. Well, there's still time to discuss things. Um, see exactly what Henry was so divisive about. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't intend for you to be held captive. As long as we're getting these people a new place to live safely. That's a good thing, but do you think we're going to be able to do it our own way? You're going to have to follow their plan? I think that remains to be seen. I believe they want to see what we do with this. Under their banner, of course, but... I suppose we'll see what we are told about this. If there are any guidelines. Um. But in regards to our things, and to Henry, should we send a message along with whoever is sent to retrieve things? I mean, I can... Marigold can go. Right, you can go just about anywhere with her now, can't you? Should I wait until we know more? Should I just do it? Well, uh, I think we should at least give him an update on where we are. Yeah. About 45 minutes. After you first send Marigold out, there's a knock on your door. Are there peepholes in these doors? No. Virgil answers the door. You answer the door to the imposingly tall and familiar figure of Commander-in-Chief Rowan Sterling. Thank God. He nods to you, Virgil, and glances over your shoulder to the other two, nods to you both as well, and silently, sort of awkwardly, stands in the doorway. Um, sorry, uh, would you like to come in? Virgil steps back out of the way. He steps inside, closes the door behind him. Is it just the three of you, then? I guess so. Are we really on house arrest right now? No, I... I think you should be able to leave as long as there is someone with you. If you plan to come back, if you want to leave and simply leave, then of course the doors are open. Kane just looks to Virgil, back to Rowan. I'm assuming he can't leave then. He nods. Well, I, I don't intend to, so that's all right. I believe um, Commander Umbra has interest in going somewhere sometime this afternoon outside of the walls, and if you wish, she can accompany you. We would like to speak to Henry, if possible. 
figure out what he's doing. And if we're going on a mission, I know I want to buy some things if we're going to be leaving. Yeah, I'd like to collect the rest of my things from the good loves and pick up anything we need. While the two of you are out, would you be able to pick up Orna? Of course. Thank you. Have you decided where you're going to go? I mean, it sounded like Freya was a more viable option. If that is the case, I will report back to Commander Mavane and we can see if there's anything we can send along with you. Uh, supplies, items. Is there a timeline? Is that up to us as well, or...? There is not a timeline as of yet, because this is all unexpected, but we should probably make one. And in regards to who will be supervising us, is there anything on that? Yes, I... He sighs heavily, like looks down at his feet, then back up. Commander Nevane and I were discussing this, and we did agree that it would be beneficial for a show of goodwill if I accompanied you. Most people do not know what happened to the Dawn Shepherds. However, they do know that Virgil left as a consequence of something, and there are plenty of rumors flying. If I joined you, hopefully that would calm some of them, but I would understand if this causes discomfort, and if you do not wish for me to join you, I am sure one of the other commanders would be willing. And what about you? You don't sound exactly thrilled. If this will be uncomfortable for you, I don't want to force it. I am willing. Can I insight check him? Sure. Can I also in Nat 20. Natural 20. <laughs> Fuck wow. yeah. Listen, when it's, you when you kiss a man, yeah, yeah, you really boyfriend time. Yeah. He's intensely uncomfortable with it. But he he seemed genuine when he was telling you about how he and Navain had had discussed this. It seems like he has come to a decision about what he's willing to do. He doesn't say it hesitantly. But yes. He is uncomfortable with it at the same time. Well, I don't want to speak for the two of you, but I would at least be glad for some familiar company. Kian smiles. Would it be nice to catch up? He looks to you, Ox. Well, uh, I think if any of the Dawn Shepherds are coming, I'd prefer it be you. That settles that then. Would it be possible for Henry to come along, even though he left? To come along on this mission? Well, yes. If he truly wishes to become involved, but there are certain limits to freedom and expectations of secrecy that come with that decision. What exactly have we gotten ourselves into? He kind of smiles when you say that. <laughs> Nothing yet, at least for the two of you, as I, I believe has been communicated to you. If you do not wish to be involved, you don't need to be. 
I want to help these people, but I won't help Virgil. But I don't know. All this secrecy is kind of freaking me out a bit. I suspect if all you do is accompany us on this single mission and cut things off from there, you'll be free to do as you please. Can you promise that? He does pause and think about it for a moment. Yes, I can promise that. I do promise that. Keen just visibly, all of the tension in his body drops and he sighs. We can work with that, I think. Are you certain? Yes. It does mean a lot. Thank you. I never would have imagined, so... And he looks to Ox as well, and nods. Thank you. Yeah, I want to see this through to the end and hopefully find everyone a new home. Well, if you are ready, I can go find someone to accompany you outside the walls, and you can discuss further the details of your mission tonight. We're as ready as we'll ever be. That's all you wanted. You know, maybe a new cloak. It is colder here. New set of clothes? Go along with it? Well, that is a bit harder. I won't be there, but I suppose if you see anything that seems appropriate. Your, your cloak is still here. I don't wish to purchase a new one. It is. He pretty immediately, like, turns a shade redder. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> I would be glad to have it returned. He nods. Thank you. Do you come with me? He opens the door. This man is gay. <laughs> and ushers the two of you out. And he, he starts to close it and then stops and looks to you, Virgil. If you are to find yourself outside the walls, well, I, I won't say anything. If you find a way to leave without eyes on you. And he closes the door. Virgil stands there for the next um, unknowable amount of minutes with that information. Commander Sterling needs you all back down the hallways outside. He just like leaves you for a moment in one of the, the courtyards, asks you to wait there. And before you wait too long, Umber walks up just by herself. He's not with her. Umber is wearing street clothes, which you haven't seen any of the shepherds wearing. She has a cream blouse that's frilly around the collar and has like, poofy sleeves and a, a dark blue vest with simple embroidery on it. Simple like traveling pants and, and dark boots. Her hair is pulled back. She has a, a bag slung around her shoulder, and on the top of it, you see a funny-looking large brown bird with a very wide beak. It opens its eyes very slowly to, to look at you both. It's a common poor will. I heard you're going to go visit Mr. Goodlove, and I did have some business to attend to with him. Then it works out. She smiles and starts to walk towards the entry gate. Ox lets Kian walk in front and trails a little behind. She glances back at you a few times, Ox, 
every time she does so, I mean, you know, two or three times, her smile gets a little bit like, softer. You can kind of tell that she's picked up on your nervousness. She doesn't say anything though. She just, she starts to hold herself in a less formal way. And she leads you over to Henry's estate. You are back in the city of Donning. Ox will be polite and knock. He's, he's learned a little bit at least. One of the staff of the Good Love Estate opens it for you and and lets you both in and seems to, to recognize Umbra, actually kind of nervously recognizes Umbra and, and bows as she enters. Ox will uh, knock on the door to Henry's study if it's closed. There's some rustling and then come in. Ox will open the door and lead everybody inside. Henry will turn... He seems to have been going through one of the collection of bookkeeping books that are kept in the study. It's, it's mostly used for a lot of the business that goes on for the good loves. And hastily put everything back. Forgive me, I didn't expect you to be back so soon. I thought he'll glance Umbra's with them still, yes? Yeah, Umbra's hanging back a bit, but she stepped inside as well. We didn't get a chance to talk after... You parted ways. Right. Where's Virgil? He's still at the Phoenix Grounds. Is it his choice to still be at the Phoenix Grounds? Yes and no. He has to stay there for now. Until we leave. Interesting condition. I assume you did some sort of negotiation or discussion further with Commander-in-Chief Town of Ain. Um, honey, <laughs> thank you for your delivery. <laughs> Umbra suppresses a snort of laughter. I'm more figuring it out. Like, no. Hopefully. I do. Kian. Ox. Umbra. I simply don't understand how we can be anticipated to go through with all of this without actually hearing everything beforehand. This is the way that Virgil wanted to go about it, and kind of asked for our support in this. I don't mean to seem like I'm not supporting him. I, I'm sure it looks like that from the outside. I understand that he wants to be back with the Dawn Shepherds, but I didn't think it would necessarily be so immediate, especially considering that he made it very clear to Rowan that he wanted to finish his established contract with myself and Orcs prior to being uh, confined within their walls. Uh, but it seems like that little bit was glossed over so conveniently. And Rowan did promise that we could be freed from this after this mission. If I may, two things. One, you should probably refer to him as Commander Sterling. <laughs> we won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, Mr. Goodlove, though I perfectly understand why you wouldn't want to join us, I do think if you were interested in moving forward with what we discussed, it would be helpful to us both if you were on friendly terms with the people of the Phoenix Grounds. With all due respect, I would love to be on friendly terms with folks from the Phoenix Grounds. Could Commander-in-Chief perhaps write a contract of some kind, outline the terms and conditions much more clearly than I'm going to be vague and not give you any information, especially, and I'm going to avoid the question about what the Phoenix actually told me, because you know that's not important at all. 
that really makes it seem like it's actually very important. I'm certain if you came to Commander-in-Chief Nevain with specific questions, they would answer them for you. I thought, what did the phoenix tell you was a specific enough question, but evidently. She she looks to, to Ox and Kian, questioning look in her eye. Kian raises both hands. Ox has his arms crossed over his chest and he's been leaning against the wall, just watching. <laughs> Thotting it up. I, I would think you'd be aware, as someone who grew up here, yes, that... The phoenix is a rather secretive guardian. We don't speak to them. I, I think that's to be expected, is it not? Then why couldn't Nevain have said that? Well, because it's Commander Nevain, and they tend to say very little. You get used to it. I don't know if that's the best thing to really get used to. Look, perhaps we could take a day on this, uh, work things out here, and then have them discussed, and then sleep it all off, and then tomorrow we can go back and get Virgil. Let's be real here. He's under arrest. It's a fanciful arrest, but it's basically He's not under arrest. It's... He's under watch. There is a difference. I think if you had experienced being arrested, you would... Be able to be able to see that. Fine. If it pleases you, you can call it watch. So Henry gestures to Ox and Kian. Feel just here to drop off the two of them and I think actually we were more here to pick things up. But we're just staying in the Phoenix grounds with Virgil for the night. What was the accommodation like? <laughs> well, uh, there's just only two beds, so either somebody's gonna have to double up or somebody will be sleeping on the floor. We can also provide extra bedrolls or perhaps another room if there is another person. I think that's already been in the works, actually. Quite nice. Nice? It's not color-coded. It's not as plush as it is here. But it's nice. I think being under escort for a few days is not that big of a price to pay considering what we're trying to do. Which is find everybody, for me, Nosh, a new home. I'm not so bad. No, I don't think you're that bad. Genuinely. Thank you. I don't, you know, I'm a very stubborn man and I couldn't possibly be convinced to go back to sleep in some place that isn't my own bed, not when I'm staying in a city in which I am already a resident, you know. I can also see for you, Mr. Goodlove, there is a chance that they may be willing to make an exception. If what you require is just a night in your own bed, you are Mr. Goodlove. So, in my opinion, it should be open for discussion. I do have some uh, personal stake in this because I, I would like to see you around the Phoenix grounds more often. As for what we discussed. The only thing that I want is clarity. 
And until that is provided, I don't see any reason why I should be inclined to go and play entirely by the Dawn Shepherd's rules, when I don't actually know what rules I'm supposed to be playing by. Well then, come back with us tonight and ask your questions. We're just going shopping right now, also. We could continue this conversation. Henry uh, approaches and, with very deliberate intent, shoves a few coins into Kian's hand and something else. But if you're going to be going into town anyways, you might as well take a little bit of spending money. Can I roll to see if Ox picked up on that? Sure. Are you up to, Neil? Yeah. So it's like a little thing of paper. Yeah, it's basically just a folded bit of paper. 18. That's not high enough. Henry stays behind. Yeah, he's got a few things to finish up. Umbra tells you both to gather your things. She also says that there should be no problem bringing Orna back, that someone will, will come and bring her. While Keen is gathering all of his things, he would definitely check on that note. So, it's a relatively short note. Would rather talk without ears. Get Marigold to me. <laughs> Kian then leaves Marigold in his room as he's gathering his things. As the others are gathering their things, getting ready to go on their shopping trip, Virgil, you are left alone in this new but very familiar dorm room. Yeah, the familiarity gets to be too much. It doesn't take very long for him to wander and his feet carry him to another familiar place, one of the sparring rooms. He's been there hundreds of times. And is it fairly empty? Is he able to find like an empty room? You can find an empty room. There are people here. You get a lot of stairs. Okay. He keeps his head down and shuts himself in an empty training room and stands there for a while. And with no other coping mechanism to get rid of this anxiety, he unsheaths his sword and goes through a series of rather complex steps. It almost looks like he's moving more like a dancer than a fighter. He is going through some of the forms that he has learned more recently. As he moves, there's the sound of whistling and someone who is watching might think it would be from his blade, but it seems to be coming from him. Very soon, there seems to be a terrifying speed with which he moves his sword. And then a moment later, his blade is consumed by ice and the whistles grow breathy, sort of fogging in the air and then blood starts to drip from his nose. He spends, I would say, 15 minutes like this. And when he's worked most of the anxiety from his system, he'll stop and sheathe his sword. And when you turn around, standing in the entryway, you see Commander Navain. You can't say how long they've been there. They could have just been passing by. They could have been there for the past 10 minutes, but they're just looking in at you. He freezes and his posture goes sort of stiff. His shoulders start to climb towards his ears, but then he tenses and just stops at parade rest. Um, I had permission to wander. They nod once and then keep walking forward out of sight. He gives it a good couple of minutes before going on his way. And he, as he makes his way out, like onto the ground into open air, he'll head in a roundabout sort of fashion towards the nearest wall and just walk alongside it, sort of appraising the foliage that is overgrown at this point, and he'll be looking for a very specific spot in particular. 
and will do his best to look around and make sure that he's not being followed. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I believe that's a three. You don't see anyone. He will try to duck behind a bit of particularly dense foliage, like perhaps if there's a hedge or a, a bush. He will duck behind that and sort of crouch a bit, reach out to clutch at his earring. Please work. And he will cast Disguise Self. He'll just look like an elf with perhaps darker skin, light hair pulled back. The typical clothes that one would see a recruit wearing, your basic soldier. And he will continue on his way and see if the hole in the wall is still there. Virgil, you glance around to see if anyone's there and then duck off the path into the wilds of the garden. And you've walked this few times before, right where you expect it would, the the brush clears. You find yourself in a small patch of tended land. The grasses and shrubbery are, are cut away from this hole in the wall. The ground is mostly just dirt. It looks like it's been tilled and turned. How recent? Probably not particularly recently. At the edges, there are some some like grasses that are starting to, to creep in a bit, but definitely within you know the past six months or so. It almost appears to be overtaken with weeds, uh, but you do notice that they are all dandelions and seem to be purposefully placed, or at least some of them are. You see along the wall seven stones and a hole. He takes a moment and just breathes, looking upon this, and then will try to, as gracefully as he can, wriggle through the wall. And find yourself on the mountainside, overlooking Dawn. Okay, okay. He'll brush the leaves out of his hair and let his feet carry him to the pond. He'll sit by the edge, careful not to step on any of the small white flowers that he sees there, and just take the opportunity to breathe freely for the first time probably all day, perhaps even all week, just in some place that is familiar. The three, well, the two of you, you're going shopping along with Umbra. Keen is going shopping for new clothes for himself, and if he sees anything for Virgil, he will turn to Umbra as they're shopping. Do you think it's possible could get a diamond? I think it's fairly standard for at least one diamond to be provided, yes. Alright. Because I don't have money for that right now, so... She nods. No, I, I wouldn't expect you would. He just looks a little bit more relieved at that. Kinda noticed that she had quite a fancy sword. I have one that needs a bit of work. I was hoping I could get it repaired. Just wondering where you got that, if you got it here. I did, yes. She brightens a bit. I can take you to the forge if you wish. I'm quite familiar with one of the women who works there. Did you need to do any more work at a forge before we go? Yeah, I was gonna ask that. I have about three more days of forging for the new gun of mine that I'd love to complete before we set off. Well, I'm sure I can arrange something. Well, if you come with me. And she starts to, to lead you down one of the busier streets of Dawning and then it takes a left turn and it, it quiets a bit. I should let you both know before we get there that the women who 
around this forge have... They're both very kind. Just can be a bit abrasive sometimes. You don't need to worry. One of them is my partner, so I won't let her, I don't know, intimidate you too terribly. As far as the boss, I have nothing, nothing I hold over her, so best of luck. It's all right. It's all right. I, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Ox sort of scratches behind his neck, as he usually does when he's anxious, and he'll take out the rocks from his pocket and just idly start fidgeting with them as they continue walking. You walk for maybe 15 minutes down this quieter street and soon find yourself in front of a, a forge. This one is also, like many forges, built with just three walls so that the, the heat doesn't get trapped inside. It's much more rustic, let's say, than the one that you have been working in, Ox. Not that it's poorly taken care of, but it seems as if this forge is embracing the, you know, grime of the job. You can see a few fires are lit in the back. Give the, the clang of metal stop as you both appear in the entryway. And out from the, the shadows from the back, like a upper middle-aged tiefling woman. She's holding partially made maybe dagger in, in one hand that's still glowing with heat. She has burnt orange skin, long dark red hair in braids that curl up around her horns that rise sort of like an antelope's up from her head. She's wearing comfortable, easy to work in black clothes and strides towards the two of you with an intent that you can't quite, can't quite suss out and then stops uncomfortably close, nods to Umbra brusquely and then looks the two of you in the eye. So what do you want? But don't be intimidated. (laughs) Ox is frozen. (laughs) She looks over to Umbra. Who are these? I was, uh, I was hoping to use your forge for uh, about two or three days if you have the space. What are you making? I'm, uh, I'm finishing up a firearm. She holds out her hand. Ox will reach into his bag to pull out the still unfinished gun that he's been working on. She she takes it and gently enough, like respectfully, unwraps it, looks it over and there's a, a look of approval as she hands it back to you. I guess you could work on that if you need the space for a couple days. Ox's ear gives a little twitch as he gingerly puts it back in his bag. Uh, thank you, I, I really appreciate it. Not the big of a deal. She looks to you, Kian. I wasn't exactly hoping to use the forge, but I was looking for someone who might be able to repair a sword of mine. Okay. I think he reaches through his bag, pulls out, it's kind of wrapped up, but a sword and places it on the table. Got a bit bent and out of place around the hilt. Kind of wanted to see if someone could fix it. and. He unwraps it. It's a rapier. It's got a gold filigree that wraps around the hand. There is a emblem of a moon at the top of the hilt. The blade is gold. There's some silver and bronze detailing as well. You can see that there's words in what looks to be sylvan on the blade itself. She looks at it, 
and her eyes narrow and she looks back to you, Kian. She points at it. I made this. Are you Kian? Yes. So wait, actually, he's thinking really hard. (laughs) He's doing math. He's doing math. (laughs) It might take a minute. His brows are just very furrowed. So where are you heading? Shit. You know, I'm not. (laughs) What the fuck is it? Like where the winds take me or whatever. I'm not really doing that anymore. I'm working here. You were? Yes. She looks again at the sword and again to you. So he he asked you to make this. It's beautiful. Thank you. She looks a little bit embarrassed, but waves a hand dismissively. I was paid. Well, how much do you want me to pay you to fix it? I can just fix it. Really? Unless you want to pay. I don't have that much money, actually, so... Then don't pay. Okay. I said I'd fix it. How does it feel to get bullied? On your own D&D character, piloted by our DM. How does that feel? Yeah, I'm so sorry. How's it like to be us? I'm so sorry. Is this, does this feel... Yeah! Yeah, This is exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. She picks it up and... Starts to head into the back, and as she does so, she points to one of the the empty workstations. Go on. Ox will go over and set up. And she gets to, to work on the sword. Umbra stares at you for a moment, Kian. You're familiar with True, then? Yeah. Do you know Solace? No, I... We've never met before. It's quite a coincidence. You have one of her swords already. I think that's just luck. Are you a rather lucky person, Kian? Sometimes. She nods and takes a couple steps forward further into the forge and then stops and turns back. Are we waiting here then? Or Amber looks to, to Ox and she looks over to True, who's already getting to work on the sword repairs. And then you see her gaze slide further in the back where you notice for the first time there is another figure working there. You can see faintly like in in the shadows, the glow of fire moving in a way that doesn't quite make sense for flame. And then you realize it's actually um, a person and their skin has like cracks through it that look sort of reminiscent of a lava flow. It's a, a very tall, strong fire genasi woman. I'll ask the two of them to watch over Ox here, and I'm sure it's alright if we head back and leave again later, hopefully. I'm deciding it is okay. And the two of you head back to the Phoenix grounds. As you all finally, or as three of you finally, make your way back to your your new home for the time being, you're told by Umbra, Commander-in-Chief Roman Sterling is going to come by your rooms tonight at 7 p.m. to discuss the timeline, make a plan for the mission you have ahead. And you have the rest of the day to yourself. Kian would at least check in just to let Henry know, like, we're going to talk to Rowan tonight to get a timeline and get more information. 
I can leave Marigold with you, check in after the meeting, just maybe keep her on you so I don't have to try to find you. I wasn't planning to leave anyways, but thank you. She just, she can get kind of lost without guidance sometimes. I'll be sure to stay inside the estate. Perfect. We'll, we'll check in after. Yes, yeah, so I think that sounds perfect. Bye. Goodbye. Let's say that's at six. So an hour later, there's a heavy knock at the door. <laughs> Virgil answers it, perhaps a little too quickly. It is. It is Rowan Sterling. He's carrying a large pack at his side and he steps in, closes the door. So, before we begin, I am to ask you if there is any plans or discussions you have said already about your mission going forward. As he speaks, he starts to unpack the bag. There are quite a few parcels in it, as well as parchment, pens, ink. He starts to kind of set up uh, four places around the table as he waits for your answer. We have things that we want to do here first, kind of a timeline of what we need to get done before we can leave, but as far as the mission goes itself, the ruins that we will be reacquiring for the island, if there is anything known about them, or if something else has made them a home in the meantime. Yes, it is most likely something else has made them a home. What it is, unfortunately, we cannot say, because anyone who has seen it, supposedly, has not made their way back. The area has a lot of underground grottos, caves, that we will probably need to traverse if we are to find whatever has set itself up there. Some have theorized it is a, a form of undead. Necromancy is suspected, but unconfirmed. And will we be traveling by train, or is there another method? We will be traveling by train, at least to Freya itself, and then we must walk to the to the ruins. Um, Ox, how much more time do you need to work on your gun here in the city? I, uh, I need about two more days. That should be perfectly acceptable. Two days is reasonable enough. Is there anything you need from any of our stores? Of course, aside from food, water. Um, here we have, and he places one of these these parcels in front of each one of you. These are, well, they appear to just be uh, normal robes, but they do provide some protection. If you're able to attune to them, they'll keep you a bit safer. For you guys, these are cloaks of protection. He, he pulls a few other items out of the bag and just arrays them on the table. Missions like these, often it is a guessing game what to take, but we are able to spare some items that we hope will be useful. He holds up a, it looks sort of like a, like a brooch. It's just a, a round piece of metal with real feathers partially like, imprinted onto it. They're a, a dark green, sort of iridescent. Uh, this is an interesting piece. The wearer just has to toss it into the air and it will take the form of a, a creature, a, a bird of sorts, from what I understand. It will obey your commands and can can carry heavy items. I'm hoping this may be 
useful if there is a place where the ground is not as easy to navigate. Places it back down. I can also, if anyone is interested in casting magic, have a few scrolls. I do not know if that is any of your specialties. What sort of scrolls? That has not been decided yet. I was going to leave that to the caster. Well, Kian, I believe you might be able to... Well, you can do more than I can. This might be more of interest to you. Guess I'd be interested. It is not an area I know much about, but someone else will help you. Takes another thing out of the bag. It looks sort of like a, a monocle. And this will grant you true sight. Obviously important in the oceans. All of these he just, he doesn't really give to anyone specifically. He just places them in the center. And then, well, there's a bow slung onto the, the bag that he takes out and places on the table as well. Don't know if any of you are proficient with bow and arrow, but this is of elvish make. Something in the make of it, or the, the magic it was made with, allows your aim to be more true. Again, if you have any specific requests, I can see what we can do, but... Well, uh, I guess, in the interest of mobility, is there any way we could get our hands on a bag of holding? And see what I can do. Um, this is all very generous, and Virgil puts a hand on the parcel with a cloak and sort of pushes it away. But I think I might prefer my own, if it is still available. He reaches into the bag again and folded very neatly your cloak, hands it over. He immediately puts it on. There seems to be a little less tension in the way that he's holding himself. Thank you for holding on to it. He nods. Anyways, if there is anything else, let me know. And I would encourage you to discover if... Mr. Goodlove is coming with you or not very soon, because we do need to prepare for the proper amount of people. Henry, what are you up to while your friends have this meeting? Henry would package a small offering of wine in like a skin of some kind, along with, uh, I think he's shown it to the group before, it's the silver spoon that he's got that's, that's from the wedding he didn't attend package those two together in a bit of ornate paper and go up to the hearth alone to get everything set up, get a good hot fire going, go and burn that, and then lingering in front of it, like he's not quite sure, but seems to regain a little bit of confidence. So, if I may, or perhaps I'm being, being heard in any capacity, my dear guardian, for whom presides over the land which I am originally from, I believe that we have never really gotten a chance to speak properly, and I'd like to extend a hand out to you if you're perhaps listening. Does anyone ever really chat casually? I mean, there's always so many favors and things. It's sort of gradual, but you notice that the, the fire has started to burn white. And you can feel the heat increasing. Henry glances for a moment, which really, again, is not as though I've come to ask you for something. I just, I've been very confused lately, as 
it would seem that a, a person that I'm sure you're acquainted with, Tiana Vane, has been acting as though there's some kind of monopoly on the guardian of the island. And if you'd be so inclined to come, I, I really am sure you're familiar. I'm very much a talker, and I, I do enjoy a good conversation, especially if you yourself are a conversationalist. The flames are burning larger and are now just a pure white. You feel like you can almost hear a whispering in the crackling of the flames, but you can't make out any specific words. It feels like language, like a starting and a stopping. That feels like the beginning and ending of, of sentences, phrases. You can't quite discern it. Henry lowers his eyes to the floor. I've been told that I should perhaps be more targeted in what I'm actually inquiring about. There has been a disruption in Enosh, and it would seem that there is not a possibility for people from Enosh to come migrate over to Dawning, which is it's entirely understandable. But um, where I'm going with all of this is that I just am trying to understand where this idea for what it spread in influence comes from. If there's a specific go to all of that, that was even an order from you or something you would want to be interested in. The sound again interrupts you, Henry. The, the flames flicker larger, smaller again in an unnatural manner, but you still can't understand what they're saying. Well, I didn't want to make any assumptions. But... Can you roll? Perception. 22. Amongst the hissing and spitting of the flame you think you can make out the, the whispered sound of Nevain. Not Nevain's voice, but Nevain spoken in the cracks and pops of the fire. Henry pauses. If I heard you correctly, did you mention Nevain? The flames grow again. I may ask, is that a positive or a negative association? The flames grow again, get smaller. I may be biased, but is that a negative association? The flames dim. I take that as that I'm getting farther away from the actual truth. You think very highly of Nevain. The flames brighten. Okay, I think I'm starting to understand the language you're speaking. The flames brighten. And so you think highly of them, this mission that they want to go on for the betterment of all of the citizens of the island? The flames brighten again. This time, the, the heat you do feel, despite your tiefling resistance. And then, very abruptly, the fire goes out. And in the hearth, where there was a very large stack of, of kindling and wooden logs, is just black ash. Delilah, it's going to be embarrassing. But I'm, I'm going to go and have to work with Nevain, aren't I? Well... Let's at least hope that Keen and the others have good news. The three of you, you, you finish up this meeting with Rowan, of course. Afterwards, he closes up his now emptied bag. Actually, uh, do you know if Kara knows I'm here? Is word about this kind of spread around the grounds, or...? Uh, I would say most people are aware that you are no longer working with her. 
That's true, I guess. Is she aware that I'm here? Would you like her to be? I mean, I'll talk to her tomorrow, anyway. I will make sure she knows. He looks over to, to Virgil. He looks a bit lost and nods again and turns around. Could I see you out? He, he doesn't turn back around, but he stops at the door. Virgil will approach and if Rowan will allow it, he'll step out in the hall with him for a moment and shut the door. I don't want to be presumptuous, but did you want to say something? Just had that look about you. No. Well, I don't think that is true, but if you don't want to say it, just thought I'd give you the chance. There is nothing new to say, it is just all very strange to have you here. It is strange to be here. It's still so familiar and also not. Are you going to be alright coming with us? I'll be alright. It's just... It is like traveling with a ghost. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. We will become accustomed to it. I suppose we will. I am happy it is you and not one of the others. Good night. Good night. Virgil will wrap himself a little bit tighter in the cloak. It's a very fine make, like blue wool with gray fur trim around the collar. And he will rejoin the boys. Probably at this point, Kian is talking to Henry about what happened at the meeting. Kian would, through Marigold, just tell Henry exactly what the meeting was about and detail it fairly well, I think. And if Henry doesn't request Marigold for a specific reason, he would summon her back. And about the bed accommodation, that was just to get Andra out of the room. I don't actually need it. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night, Kian. You two should be forced to talk. (laughs) (laughs) And with your plans underway, the three of you settle into your comfortable dorm room and Henry in his bed for maybe the last time in a while. There's a small flicker of white flame in one of the unlit candles in Henry's room. It glows for a brief second and then goes out and the dark of night creeps in. speaking. I'd like to say a few words if you'll permit me your time. Thank you for listening to Spare the Crying. Your support means a lot to us. If you'd like to find me or my companions, you can reach us on social media at linktree slash spare the crying. We'd love to hear from you. Please feel welcome to leave a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube streams. We also have a Discord server where you can discuss the story so far with us or speak with like-minded souls about your own TTRPG experiences. In regards to our soundtrack, our background music is by Marika Shans and our intro is by Ben McElroy. Our official art is by yours truly. You can find me at Crowqueen on Twitter. That said, 
allow me to bid you farewell for now. Please join us next time as we shepherd in a new dawn. taken to Kara, as you requested, the next day. They leave you at the door. Kian knocks. Door opens. It's, again, in the morning, but not quite as early as when you dropped in on her unexpectedly. Uh, Kara is dressed in just simple traveling clothes. She looks up at you and she smiles, lets you in. He smiles back, walks in. Kind of hesitantly. So, I guess we're leaving pretty soon. Looks like you might be as well. I have some business to finish up here and then I'll be able to head home. I'm sorry about everything. It's alright, I'm glad you told me. I didn't want to string you along. She sort of scoffs not not meanly but she scoffs and, and nods takes a seat at the edge of her bed you know how to remove curses right minor ones yes but like you said it's um not quite that strong i'm just curious if it would work for something else she hops down from the bed <laughs> do you have some other curse place on you I don't know exactly if that's what's going on, but I can't exactly... What's going on? Having a bit of a hard time remembering some things. She immediately looks extremely concerned. Um, what do you mean? When did this start? And well, obviously you can't recall exactly what it is, but what makes you say that? Sit, sit down. Come here. I think it's just, it's maybe just one thing. Somebody that Aelin helped me meet in my dreams. Can't really remember them. I, are you sure? I'll try it, but it could just be an effect of dreaming. They're not always clear when you wake up. I'll, I'll try. He nods, holds out both hands. Uh, she stands in front of you and, and takes your hand and just clasps it in, in hers. She whispers a, a quiet word in Celestial under her breath, and her palms, as well as yours, glow the a gold light that's very similar to, to your own. And it spreads up your arm and throughout your body, and it feels warm and, and comforting. And then the light fades in a couple seconds. She looks at you questioningly. He just looks down at the ground and shakes his head. Maybe it's just dreaming, like you said. You talked to Aelin about it. They didn't seem to have an idea of why. I'll look into it. He will just, as long as they both have time in the day. Yeah, just having a nice meal. Towards the end of it, he will pull out a pair of scissors from his bag. Kara smiles, stands up, and turns around to walk towards the bedside table. Takes up a pair of scissors. So, thinking the same thing? I think I'll make a mess of it myself. 
if I just hack at it. So I'd love a bit of help here. Of course. He'll just start cutting his hair. She's going to walk over to Gian as he starts doing it himself and hold out a hand. Do you want me to do it for you? Oh, definitely the back. For sure. She pulls over a little wastebasket and has Gian sit down so she can reach his hair a little better. (laughs) On the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll have Gian sit down, crisscross on the floor, and and cut his hair. What, What do you want me to do with it? He holds, like, a lock of it, stares at it. I mean, I like it to look nice. Well, sure. Maybe not too short on the top. All right. Just go for it. All right. Kian, I think you would probably know. It makes sense that, though the context is very different, that Kara would be the one to do this for you. Normally, if you had moved on to take her place and become a representative of Rusul, she would have cut your hair for you. He just has a piece that he'll just put in his bag and... Kara will cut the rest. Okay, so she'll take the blade of the scissors and pretty expertly cut close to the skin until it's practically shaved, just on the back and sides like an undercut. And the rest she cuts about to Keen's ears. She'll pause as she's cutting. You can still pull it back, I think. I'm finished. It's sort of a fluffy bob, slightly layered. When you look into a mirror, it floats around your face, a little cloud-like. And he smiles and looks to her. I don't want this to just be the last I see of you for another seven years. I guess less of a work relationship for us. I'd like that too, but we'll see. I don't want to just stop contacting you. Well, I hope you'll write at least. Monthly, at least. Good. I miss. I'll hold you to it. He gives her a big hug. She gives Keen a big hug back, tosses the hair, and waves goodbye. Henry, if we may turn to you now. During this time, a letter arrives that says that it's from Commander Umbra, and she would like to at least meet with you to discuss what you talked about earlier. Uh, the letter is, is very vague. She requests that you come in that day, at 3 p.m., to the palace grounds, if you are available, just to talk for maybe 30 minutes or so. I mean, Henry doesn't have anything else going on, so... You are led to what looks to be a a study of some sort in one of the back buildings of the grounds. And you find Umber there. She has a few books around her. Uh, You see there are some texts that look like they're in in Sylvan. Seems to be mostly things related to fae, curses. There's a wide range of legitimacy to the, the texts. Looks like she's just kind of grabbed whatever she can find from the library. She welcomes you in, closes the door. So I know you're leaving soon, but if you don't mind, I was hoping at least you could tell me the basics of this curse that you asked me to look into and show it to me. While you're gone, I can do some research myself. Of course. I suppose, where do I start? So I was in the oceans, as one usually does outside of somewhere, and came across a fae. Well, well, it's not really super, or particularly important. Uh, oh, she has, she has a quill out and is, is writing things down as you speak. You never know what's important. Right. Um, Just a brief description. There is a, a notably long pause. Henry seems to be searching 
for something. It's clear on his face that, that he doesn't know. A fae? You don't recall? No. She scribbles something. All right. I had wandered into their territory and they didn't quite appreciate that. So uh, they were going to kill me and I decided to strike a deal with them. I may or may not have lied. They didn't like that. Well, I came very close to escaping without actually getting anything. I, I almost got away with it, is what I'm saying. I would have if they were not such a good throw. I do remember they had a, a spear of some kind, and because he has his vest undershirt, but he'll unbutton it, take off the vest, and basically everything that he has over the top, bandolier, cloak, etc., takes sleeves off for his shirt since it's buttoned up, and then just leave it hanging since it's tucked into his pants. She walks around to, to look at your back, Henry, and you hear some scribbling again. All right, thank you. Well, she turns around and goes over to her desk and she picks up what looks like a, a polished sort of purple-blue stone that she hands to you. Have you used a sending stone before? I've used them quite regularly. Well, I have one of my own as one of the shepherds and it's connected to this. If anything happens while you're gone, before you return, perhaps your situation has become more of an emergency or if anything of note changes that might be helpful to me, just let me know. Henry redresses himself as he speaks and when he takes a stone, he'll tuck it away with the sending stone from his parents. Of course, I appreciate the assistance. With that, she excuses you. Your parents seem very preoccupied with the act of passing over their main, or one of their main earliest rail lines to Magdala, Brenna. So of course they come and visit you. They, they say goodbye, tell you good luck on your, on your journey and to of course contact them if you need anything, anything at all. And they seem sort of excited for you and what you have ahead. So Ox, as requested, you are able to spend these next few days at that forge. You're able to, to finish it up. After you complete it, she comes over to sort of check it out. Are you going to show me how it works? Ox sort of gives a little grin. He'll start taking the gun apart for her and then showing her how to put it back together, what each piece does, where it all goes, and even lets her handle it. She holds it for a second and then holds it as you showed her to shoot and just points at a far wall and pulls the trigger. There's a explosive echoing sound uh, throughout the forge and she kind of jumps back as the bullet hits the wall. The stone crumbles slightly. She blinks wide-eyed and then hands it back to you gingerly. It's a bit loud, isn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of the point of it too. To be loud? Well, it's pretty intimidating. She shrugs. I suppose. It's good work. Thanks. And with your now proven to be functioning gun, <laughs> you return back to the uh, the Phoenix grounds. Is there anything else you all want to do? Yeah, there's one little thing. On perhaps the evening before our departure, Virgil will just go down to the stables and give Orna a good brushing, make sure her saddle and her equipment is all set, and while he's in there, something will occur to him, and I think he'll take a good look around and just 
see if he can find Edelweiss. You look around the typical places where you find her, and not to your surprise at all, in the back corner, atop of the, the bales of hay, you see a little cat. What does Edelweiss look like? A seal point, sort of gray and white. Um, and he'll see her and immediately his face softens. Come here, girl. She perks up, looks over Virgil curiously, head tilts to the side. Hey, it's been some time. Come here. And he'll hold out a hand to her. She stands slowly, stretches, blinks, stares for a bit more. You need a healing check. Oh no, it's a seven. She doesn't approach as she maybe would have once. Mm-hmm. She just sort of watches. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's been a long time, but it is nice to see you. And he'll just make himself comfortable, I think, in the stables with Orna. Just sit with her and weave some braids into her fur. And Orna's fur. Yes. <laughs> I was like, the cat has no. really long fur. Okay. Is that everything? that you have planned. So, would it be possible to find somebody who could cast Sending? Yeah. He'll ask them to contact Mela. The message is pretty simple. It will be, like, message from Kian, working on finding refuge. Have Uzoma contact me directly for any questions will still be a while. You've all sort of noticed Commander Sterling does not, um, you don't see him really for these few days, but Commander Umbra, on the other hand, seems to have either been assigned to you or to have assigned herself to you. And Kian, you're in luck because she does know sending. So she'll send this message for you. Mela just says back, understood. Thank you. Uh, Speaking of sending spells, Kian, the night before you leave, you feel the the familiar, typically for you, sort of warm, welcoming feeling of a sending spell from Ophelia, Uh, but her her tone does not match the the warmth of the spell. Can you tell me anything about where Lachlan was when he spoke to you? Not talking to me. Going to in soon. Going to what? Going to wins soon. Wins. Wins. Yeah. <laughs> to win? To win what? <laughs> I'm going to win soon, don't you worry about it. It takes him a while to respond. He can feel that magic pulling away before he speaks. In the southeast, he doesn't have anything on him. I tried. And the next day... You all wake up a bit on the early side to a meal delivered to your door. And you have an hour, an hour and a half to get ready to go and meet Commander Sterling outside the main courtyard. So when he shows up on the first day, the majority of his accessories haven't changed. He's still wearing the two belts, the uh, combination of quiver, bandolier, for his bow, and he still has his cloak folded with the cream side out around his waist, even though it's kept a little bit smaller this time around, but he's traded his vest undershirt combo for a yellow with um, something of a shimmery gold weave 
in it. A fluffier shirt that's cinched at the wrists. Comes out with a puffier sleeve to, again, similar to the vest, it has almost a v-neck to it, though this one's a little bit higher than the previous one, and is embroidered with a black outline along the collar. A bit of fancy embroidery work up along the side in black fabric. Also similar to his previous look, he's got that tucked into a pair of brown pants, but most notably he's changed out the lower brown boots beneath his pants for a pair that ends just above the knee as a tall black boot that is embroidered almost in opposite to his shirt along the outer side for both of them where the buttons are. Gold buttons, of course, with a gold embroidery. And then down at the bottom, very tip of the boots and very heel of the boot has a gold trim to it as well as pattern. And whereas Henry would previously have been switching, you would have seen him switching his gloves on and off. He's been wearing black leather gloves pretty much the entire time. His v-neck got higher. Is he feeling okay? Yeah, you got That's a high because now he's got like a relationship, which is friendship. So he had to button up, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I can't attract any more friends. That would be cheating on Ox. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. And that's how you get a friend. It's yeah. V-Nex. Yeah. V-Nex. I mean, that's how I got all my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want to describe your outfit? Yeah. He is wearing like a deep orange sleeveless turtleneck. Over that, he has a a cream blouse that... The main bodice of it is a vest-like structure that is like a v-neck kind of low over the turtleneck. Might actually leave that unbuttoned. And then the sleeves are billowy and semi-sheer, probably of like a very thin linen. And they're cinched at the wrists as well. You can see his tattoos through it a little bit. And he's gonna wear dark brown pants the same belt that he has been wearing and pretty classic adventure style boots, like your classic D&D kind of wrinkly leather they fold over, but they're a dark green, just below knee. I'm just gonna add on to his haircut a little bit that he has been pulling it back out of his face in like the smallest little puff of a ponytail that is probably like tied with like a green ribbon. Are you okay? Fox <laughs> is incredibly confused by both of these billowy sleeved boys and their beauty. <laughs> Odd spot in your outfit, but is too thrown off by everyone else and forgets to put it on. Yep. Um, and that's why Fox doesn't have an outfit change yet. Yep. <laughs> so the, the four of you, newly decked out, Meet Commander Sterling in the courtyard. He's wearing what is now essentially a knee-length vest. It seems to be made of some sort of thin leather, not quite armor, and it has buttons asymmetrically down the front. It cinches at the waist with a with a brown belt that has a simple belt buckle with the Dawn Shepherd sun insignia. The vest itself has some simple decoration, a little bit of embroidery, a little bit of short, not very flashy fringe, and golden fur trim around the collar and beneath he just has a simple black high-necked undershirt. Almost cowboy-style boots with a pointed toe and the slightest of small heels. Though the clothes are nice, they're simple, again, muted colors. It doesn't seem like he's trying to 
stand out from the crowd as he would in his usual Don Shepherd finery. He nods to you all. We're all prepared to leave then. Turns around and starts leading you to the that side of, of the walls where a, a carriage waits for you. And you are chauffeured over to the, the Donning train station. This is the most uncomfortable carriage ride ever. <laughs> if this helps you feel any better, Virgil. He doesn't seem like terribly uncomfortable, just, I guess you could say distant. If Kian tries to small talk, does he like cut it short? Politely. Yeah. He'll, he'll engage a little bit, but you can tell his mind is elsewhere. Your experience at the train station this time is familiar to you, Virgil, but quite different for the rest of you. He leads you confidently through the doors and without having to do more than give a, a short wave and a nod, you're able to just walk right up to the train cars. The doors open for you and he allows you all inside first. We'll have our own compartments. The train car is ours to use, so get settled. And he picks one up to the front, to the right side, opens the door, closes it. Okay. Virgil will just go pick one at random. Six compartments in the car. Each one, of course, has a large window at the side and a desk coming out from the wall. Are the compartments numbered? <laughs> yeah. Ox would have chosen four. Okay. They're rather spacious, and the bench is divided into two halves, and one of the halves will fold out into a, a small cot sort of bed. You all settle in? I, I mean, if which you... one has the assassin? <laughs> if you've chosen... Rowan took two. I think Ian would probably choose somewhere near the front. One? Yeah, he's number one. Yeah. Henry's in six. I'll take three. Okay. You wait for about 15 minutes for the departure time and watch people at the window going to and fro in this station. This is one of the, the central stations in... The Phoenix Island, of course, being at the edge of dawning, there are trains from like, across the continent who stop here. You will be riding this train for a short amount of time until you get to the edge of Phoenix Island, and there you will transfer onto another one that will go over to Freya. Are both of those good love and good love lines, or is it? They are. As the train starts to move, you're in six? One. You're in six. Henry, I'm going to have you roll a perception check. And Virgil, I'll have you roll one as well. Wait, you're in one. You're no, you're not. You in wouldn't. Three. You're in three and you're in one, right? No, no, no I'm no. in Wait, one. you're in one. Wait, the one, six. three. Henry. 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 Say four. Okay. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> I just drew a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> we might need that. Those of you sitting in an odd numbered cart. Okay. Or compartment. Damn. A rolling? That would be Virgil and... Kian. Kian. And, and Marigold's in five. <laughs> You're saying Marigold's apart from you in her own little room? Wrong yeah. perception. Sorry, <laughs> six is the odd number of even numbers, so I got confused. <laughs> well, I rolled a 17. Marigold and Kian rolled fours. <laughs> Great. Virgil, as the train just starts to lurch out of the station, you notice a bit of unusual activity in the crowd. And as you focus in... You see, there are two guards. They're dressed in the simpler white uniform of guards at the Phoenix ground. And each of them has their arm looped around a, a shorter figure who is masked just on her, her nose and mouth. A simple black mask that you recognize as a silencer. It's used for magic users often to prevent them from casting spells. Her hands are cuffed behind her back. 
And as she struggles, Nico turns around and meets your eyes. And her, her face contorts for a moment with, with pain or fury, and you can't tell exactly which. And she yanks her arm from one of the guards. But before she can take another step, they just slap a hand to her back, a white glow of magic, and she falls limp. And they continue to carry her away. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And the train departs from Dawning Station. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is fine. <laughs> Kian's having a great time. Kian, you don't see this. Yeah. And Virgil, this was a brief moment. Mm -hmm. Control is regained quickly. And then she's gone. And so is the crowd. Okay, okay. He sits heavily on the cot and will just trace circles on his palm until he can breathe again. Does Virgil share with the class? Um... You have to leave a message at the tone. <laughs> so this portion of the train ride will take a couple days. See, Phoenix Island is a, a large island. Rowan does not really leave his, his compartment very often, but you're all given freedom to explore as you please. You are not under house rest, though I guess you are in a way because you can't just leave the train. Um, <laughs> and I was about to say, well, I guess you could, but, you know, I'll make you roll for it. Kian will try to invite Rowan out whenever, like, they go to the dining car or anything. Roll a persuasion check. A 23. Oh, that first day, maybe he's a little hesitant, but after that, he'll, he'll go with you. He is friendly with you all, to be clear. Is it customer service? Yeah, yeah, okay. it is. Absolutely. Love that. Virgil, you can tell that. The rest of you, he just seems, like, maybe a bit distant, but but friendly enough. Kim's obviously making an effort to try to be his friend. Yeah. Ox will make it back out to the caboose, go for a smoke every night. Are you looking for someone, Ox? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> You're going out at night? Takes about three minutes of you wondering if they're going to show up before you see Lowe's face peering over the, the edge of the caboose. And he holds out a hand for a cigar. Ox will pass it. Takes it and vanishes back onto the rooftop. One night while you're out the ledge of the caboose having a smoke, you feel at first like a, a burning sensation. It's not painful. It's like a prickling down your back. It lasts for a couple seconds. And then you hear the voice of Sheriff Donna, in your head. You don't really want to work with Vane, do you? I know we ain't friends. I'm not typically one to ally myself with murderers, and most aren't the types to ally themselves with their jailers, but you've paid your dues, and now you're traveling free, and I've been true to my word. You let me know what you find before you let Vane in on it, and I'll deliver your sister right to you. Say yes or no, if we got a deal. Ox hesitates for a moment. Yes. That feeling strengthens a little bit, that sort of prickling feeling on your back. You send me a letter if you um, find anything of note. Keep doing what you're doing. Look forward to working with you. Ox doesn't reply. Feeling fades. With that, Ox wanders back to their car. Is there a light on in Henry's apartment? Yeah. Ox would give a soft knock before just trying to open the door. There's a little rustling on the other side of the door, though, and 
unlocks, slides open. Henry's there. He's, he's dressed for bed. He's got his, usually wears a long night shirt. He puts a finger up to his lips in a shushing manner and just gently pushes him back into the room. Wait, sorry. Does Ox put his finger up to Henry's lips? No, his own. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he'll just sort of gently push Henry back into the room and walk forward before sliding the door closed behind him. And in a hushed tone, Sheriff Donna just contacted me. Henry is immediately visibly confused uh, with the whole being pushed back into the compartment and whatnot, but hasn't resisted him and gives a frown, returning the same hushed tone. Surprisingly, can be quite quiet, all things considered. It's <laughs> Considering that it's Henry? <laughs> yeah. Regarding what? Guess she got word that we're working with Nevane. She said, well, what she started with was, you don't want to work for Nevane, do you? And she uh, went on to say, we tell her what we find first and she'll deliver Scar. She asked for an answer. I just said yes. I didn't know how long I'd be able to reply. So I sort of just made a split second decision. It's a lot to ask of someone in a, a moment can't blame you for saying yes. I don't know that I'm convinced it was Sheriff Donna. Really? I don't know. I don't know what kind of magic Sheriff Donna may have, but like a hot, prickly sensation on my spine. I've never experienced it before. Frankly, I don't like the sound of any of it. At the very least, it gives you time to assess things rather than perhaps inciting them to take their own action. It was an agreement, but it wasn't a a hard deal, I hope. And um, let's see what they've got at this site and then we can go from there. But this is... I may want to see if I can corroborate something. Did you want to tell everyone? Or... Well, I was sort of thinking we keep it a secret from Rowan? Definitely from Rowan, which probably means we'll also have to keep it a secret from Virgil. Yeah, I I think it's best to keep both of them in the dark for now, and I don't know about Kian yet. I completely agree with you on that. Again, let me see if I can corroborate something, especially regarding the scar piece. Last I heard, I thought that you went to north, so how did you end up all the way back in somewhere? And that's that's why I'm wondering if it's really Sheriff Donner or not. If it's maybe Scar trying to pretend. That would be possibly the most concerning option of all. Guess we should keep our guard up for anything Scar-related on our trip. But, Ox, do let me know right away if something happens. I just I don't want it to be entirely on you. Yeah, I'll keep you in the loop. Thank you. And let me know if you need anything more. Or if you'd like a partner. I'm, I know I'm not the best, biggest fan of the cigars, but just in case. Ox sort of smirks a little when you say partner. <laughs> he gets that earns him a nudge from Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. 
I should be getting to bed before, you know, I'm going to make Rowan all suspicious and whatnot what we're doing in here. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, get out of your hair for the night. You aren't bothering me, just it's late and uh, oh, I'm making this more awkward than it needs to be, you know, not at my best of the night time. I'll, uh, I'll see you in the morning, Orcs, for breakfast. Yeah. Yes. Good night, Henry. Good night. I'll uh, slip out of Henry's compartment. <laughs> Do you talk to Aelin on one of these nights on the train? I'm sure he would. You go to sleep and open your eyes to that white void. And you don't see them. He stands in the middle of this void, looks around. Aelin? You hear just close to your ear, though you don't see them. What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? You're supposed to help me. What do you mean? Where are you? What are you doing? Nothing's changed between us. Do you need help? No. You're not going home. You're not doing your job. All of that work. But we were trying to make a difference here. I thought you knew that. Silent for a bit. We're still friends. We're still doing our, our thing. I just thought it was going to be for us. What about Iliakos? I don't know if they'd want me helping. I wanted to become a star. We'll find a way. I hate you. The dream ends. Oh. You wake up to the darkness of your train car. It's dark. Can he not see the dark vision? <sighs> That's what I thought. <laughs> he tries to cast light. Well, persuasion check. So 15. It flickers for a moment in your hand, this little miniature sun or moon, and then fades away. Shit. Is Marigold still there? Yes, Marigold she is She is still. actually in his compartment. I know we have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marigold, Marigold is still there. And when it came to the light spell, when you sort of tried to access that magic, more so than usual, it felt like you were like communicating with an outside power. Mm-hmm. And you could sort of feel the, the magic being permitted and then shut down. So it's not that you don't have access to it anymore. He probably doesn't go to the dining car the next day. You're gonna get checked on. <laughs> Kian doesn't show up for breakfast and Virgil will go and find Kian. Go and knock on their door. If it's after breakfast, it might be a bit of an entourage. Kian. He knocks again. He opens the door. He just looks tired. Are you feeling alright? You didn't come to breakfast. I'm doing fine. You... Do I have to insight check that? <laughs> you, you don't seem to be. Aileen's mad at me. Is there anything we can help with? Or do you want us to bring you some food? Are you feeling okay? I already got food. But there is like a plate at the table. I'll just point to it. Well, is there anything else going on? Well, it is another day until we reach the border and then we transfer, but... It has been a long couple of days. 
just tired. I'll be fine. Just have to try to smooth things over. Do you want some company or no? This might want a little bit of time on my own. Okay. Well, we're not very far away if you decide you need anything. We'll come to dinner later. That'll be good. Don't, don't get too stuck inside your own head. I won't. I just need to sleep it off. If you ever want to, you know, go over something or bounce things off of someone, you're welcome to uh, speak with either myself or I'm sure Ox and Virgil would be open to it as well. Just, again, don't cut yourself off from the rest of us. Thank you for your concern. I just didn't really sleep well after that, so I just need to rest for a bit. We'll, we'll leave you to that. And we'll see you at dinner. Your dinner. Before dinner time rolls around, Virgil will spend some time pacing in the hallway, and he'll stop before Rowan's door and knock quietly. It's just silent. (laughs) He'll knock again. Nothing. He will cast message. You awaken there. Just silence. Fuck. Oh my god. Uh, what? This is about like 5 p.m. probably? Yeah, something like that. I said before dinner. Uh, so mean. He'll send another message. I'll let you sleep if you want, but... If you're just ignoring me, then can you tell me that? You don't hear anything. <laughs> I think he does have a little bit of muttering under his breath and stomping. Um, <laughs> he knocks again, and this time there is some force behind it. He tries the, the doorknob. It's not locked. It slides open. You see first the, the desk next to the window is covered in papers. There's like a folder at his side and Rowan is just slumped against the window asleep. Does it look like he was in the middle of working? (laughs) Maybe. Um, You see a a map of the continent. Looks like it has layers of vellum paper over it with different marks on each one. He won't look too closely at the desk. There's Um, some writing in like a notebook. (laughs) He'll stand there in the doorway and just knock again on the doorframe and speak up a bit. Hey, um, dinner soon, if you want anything. He sort of jolts awake as you speak and blinks blearily, looks at Virgil, almost confused for a second um, as he gathers himself. Um, right. Thank you. Not sleeping much. I'm sleeping plenty. Okay, um, look, I I can go if you want me to. I just wanted to clarify because there is a difference between distance and avoidance and I just wanted to know which I signed up for. We are supposed to be working together, but you're barely treating me like a co-worker. Fuck, I don't need us to be friendly, but I mean, this is, you wanted me here. But what do you want from me? I shouldn't have said that. No, I prefer that you did. I prefer if you felt you could be honest. I didn't think you would stay. I gave you the option because I owed it to you, but it 
It wasn't what I expected, and so I'm not prepared. I'm not upset that you're struggling. I just wanted to clarify how things are going to be. I don't know. I do not see a long future ahead for myself. I am only here. I'm only alive now. In the hopes that... I will not repeat what has happened in the past and maybe can do some good with the time I have before inevitably it happens again. So that is the plan to go with this until it doesn't work again? Yes. We have prepared for the worst. That's not a solution. It is. You don't have to do things the same way. But you are satisfied with only doing a little, when there's so much more you could do if you were here? If you lived? To make more than a small difference? That is why you are here? To do the bare minimum? You are capable of so much more than that. You can see he's, he's getting almost antsy, fidgeting and still won't look at you, Virgil. He takes a deep breath. As I said, I was accustomed to being gone and I believed, I was wrong apparently, but I believed that at least you were happier because you were not here anymore, which I believed was a life you did not want to lead. So, being lost, when someone reached out to help me, I listened to them. Commander Nevain has been supporting me these past few years, and I trust their guidance. So, it is their opinion that you've run yourself into the grave, or is that you? It is both. We are in agreement. I can't just stand by and watch you kill yourself. I did not ask you to stand by. You're a fool if you think you could ask me to leave. He stands up. He goes over to the, the door. Can I roll for Ox Elf perception of this <laughs> conversation for you? Yeah. Sure. That's a nat 20. Ooh, okay, yeah. Well, how are you how are you listening in? Through the wall. Okay. You're crazy. You're in four. Perfect. Yeah, so I think you can, if you, like, press your ear up against the wall, it's muffled, but you can, you can hear it. Why did you cut your hair? He stops, turns back. He, he looks sort of taken aback by the question. Because there are two reasons, and I'm curious which it is. And you see him kind of give up. Yes. <laughs> he size and ox and Virgil. You notice a, a faint scent of smoke. Closes the door again. Why does that matter? I think it does. Because it was about time. I, I don't know. Is that all? Well, Virgil, I was I was having a hard time. What was it? A sign of growing up? 
Moving on. That's what they say. Do you think you have? I don't know. Growing up is about learning from mistakes, and you are so happy to make the same one. You dishonor them. No, you dishonor them. You dishonor the current shepherds. You think it will happen when you are on your own? You think you will be the only one hurt? As I said, we are prepared. I never thought you a fool. This is foolish. Well, now you finally see. For the first time, I see clearly, and you are the one who is blind. And he pushes past Rowan, and he leaves. And he closes the door. Does Bert go back to his own? No. He goes to the livestock car, and he spends the night with Orna. Does he not join for dinner? No. After dinner, after Virgil doesn't join, Ox will gather a few little bits and bobs from dinner, you know, some bread, to like stuff in his pockets as he goes to the livestock car. Well, it's the staple car, not the livestock car. Yeah, whichever yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a stable card. It's nicer. Yeah, yeah. nicer. Then. We're stable in here. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is where we go to get stable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Ox will make his way to the stable car where he assumes he'll find Virgil, given that Orna is there. Yeah, you find him as you so often have, leaned up against Orna. Uh, he's got his cloak wrapped around himself now, but he's weaving little braids into her mane. Ox will uh, come sit down next to him and just quietly take out the bread from his pocket and pass it over to Virgil. Thank you. Yeah. You doing all right? No. Decidedly not. Not for some time, but not really expect to be. Virgil, if you don't mind me asking, what do you really think about Nevane? <laughs> um, I think they are selfish, and they have little regard for the people who work below them. But there have been moments where I am uncertain that is all there is to them, but what do I know? They are not the easiest to read, and I think they prefer it that way. And they are the commander of a, an island, so perhaps they need to be beyond such things. Wouldn't know. Why do you ask? After everything that's happened, uh, I was just curious. You are free to leave at any time. You don't have to work with them. I wouldn't just abandon you after starting this. I, I want to see it through to the end. Is very thoughtful, and I hope to return the favor. You, uh, just worry about focusing on this for now. Yeah. One thing at a time, I guess. Ox continues to sit quietly with him, and he'll take out his deck of cards and play solitaire for a while. Yeah, Virgil's comfortable with the silence. Yeah, so is Ox. Will eat his bread. 
After night falls, Ox falls into his normal routine and he'll leave around 11. Virgil stays. Virgil, do you go to sleep this evening? Yeah, curled up against Orna. You are woken at some indeterminate time by the slamming of a door being opened and the smell of smoke is stronger now. He, he looks at you. It took two years for you to return. What was I supposed to do? Why now? When, when Nico came to take me out of Donning, she said you were at the border. She said that. Were you there? No. I was thrown out on my own in the oceans, and so where else was I supposed to go but out? I don't know why you believe that I spent these past two years thinking that you could hold any forgiveness for what I did. Why did you take so long? If you are not dead, and if you did not hold hate for me, then why did you wait until now? I didn't have a way into Donning. Did you try? I didn't have a way into Donning. What was I supposed to do? Did you try? And be killed at the border? For trespassing, no, I needed to make sure I could find you. And now I have. I'm sorry it took so long. It was a long two years, Rowan. It was long for you, and it was long for me. I didn't know if I would survive the first week. They threw me out with a broken arm. What was I supposed to do if something found me? And you ask that I hold some sort of respect for Nevain for doing that? They should have put me to death. It would have been kinder. I'm sorry I didn't throw myself headlong against the border wall. If I thought it could get me to you, I would have. I'm sorry it took so long. They didn't heal it. No, Rowan, they did not. I'm sorry. As am I. Do you want to sit? Do you want him to sit? It was an honest offer. Look at persuasion. Fuck. <laughs> okay! <laughs> I'm gonna give you advantage. Thank God. 20. No. no. I lied. It's a minus one. 18. He looks back behind him and back to you, Virgil. Takes a few hesitant steps forward. Sits down sort of across in the square of, of Orna's stable. Hunches forward, rests his head in his hands, hides his face. I'm sorry for the way I said things last night. That was not my intention. I d didn't want to fight with you. The others, the other shepherds, do they haunt you? Every day. You did as well. I'm sorry it took so long. He shakes his head. I remember it. Part of me had hoped you hadn't. I was human. And you were there, and you saw it, and I don't understand how you can look at me now. I can't. 
care for you, you idiot. I care for you so deeply. And yes, it happened, but we're both still here. He looks up. His expression is hard to read. He sort of squints, trying to see you. You are telling the truth. Every word. If you would look at me, you would see that. He nods. You understand that if you are going through this, I will be your commander. And you will be expected to treat me as such. That was always the plan, wasn't it? Here, all inside check. Thirteen. A long silence. Looks back down. Just nods. Is that how it will be then? I'm a bit confused. I don't know what you want from me here. Because of course that's not all I want it to be. We can make that work. Okay. I'll make it work. Rowan, how do you want this to be? Rowan. We'll make it work. But I hope you will forgive me if I struggle at first. Of course. Do you remember we were younger and you asked me once if I had noticed your attempts to get closer to me? And you told me you were simply making sure there was a chance there. That there would always be a chance if I wanted to take it. It's still there, but I'll leave that up to you. I would take it if I could. What's stopping you? It won't end well. I have learned that, at least. If we go about it the same way, possibly. But we don't have to. Are you staying here for the night? I hadn't really thought about it. Kind of leans back a bit against the wall. No, I can't, um... It's late. The hallways are dark. That... actually is not so much a problem anymore. Uh, he, he looks... he looks... confused. I was going to say quite the opposite. Um. Okay. Can't see quite as well as I used to, so I was going to ask if I could stay here. How long ago did this start happening? I don't know. Um. Within the span of a couple months, perhaps. Something like that? <sighs> Fuck. Um. I noticed this on the train to somewhere some weeks back among this, and he will cast light. He'll cast light on the earring. Have you lost this then too? He just stares at it and nods slowly. Have I been taking this from you? If I have, I didn't realize. He's clearly speechless for a moment, just staring at the, the earring. Kind of absently shakes his head. It's all right. Is there anything else that I have stolen? You didn't steal it, I gave it to you. Intentionally? 
he sort of smiles a bit, shrugs. Well, I didn't know it would work quite that way, but I would have given it to you if I had known. You did this. I, I didn't. I. I didn't mean for it to happen, but I am not angry about it. <laughs> there, um, there was a time I tried to offer something back, but I didn't feel as if it worked. Maybe there wasn't much to give. Um, this has been helpful, but if you want it back... Do you know how to do that? Um, I could learn. Keep it. Um, can I walk you back? Virgil stands up and offers his hand. Oh, persuasion check. 17, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He, he looks at your outstretched hand. You can tell that he he wants to take your hand. Shakes his head. Come on. Which me. hand is it? Oh god, this is a test. To what your heart tells it you. Would, it would be the right. That's his dominant hand. It would be. He reaches for Virgil's hand and barely you feel his touch brush against your palm. And then steps back and just walks into the hallway. Virgil will follow at a distance. You notice the, the smell of smoke has vanished. And by the light of your or his magic, you make your way back to the compartments. He'll wait outside his door to watch Rowan go to his. He looks back. Good night. Good night. Steps inside, as quietly as he can, shuts the door. Yeah, Virgil will go and curl up in his cloak. The next day, you all will arrive at the the station at the border. Here, even even with Rowan at your side, there is a bit more like, caution. Uh, you are all subject to an inspection. Rowan hands over his papers, uh, and the inspection goes by rather quickly. It's like, oh god, we've got to make sure we go through all the motions. <laughs> that is the vibe. But you are found to be good to go. You head over to your other train car. You have an hour or so here before you take off and head down to, to Freya. Uh, Rowan Please. takes out the, the map that you saw, but it doesn't have all those layers of vellum on it anymore. It's just a simple map. He looks out as well as one that's a little more detailed of Freya itself and is, is explaining to you where it's been recommended for you all to go. And and this journey will probably take about five days. So it's very off-putting when the train very suddenly screeches to a halt about an hour out from the station. What's going on? It's instantly that Henry is on edge and stands to take a glance out the window. There. You see the oceans. Trees. Pine. Ox goes over to his own compartment and looks out that window on the opposite end of the train car. There's a small creek that runs by the the train. There's trees. Pine. You hear screams coming from the car behind you. Um, I would like to cast Expeditious Retreat. Alright. And I will go running in that direction. Shit, um. Stay here. Rowan stands up and 
No, I think we Follows can... Virgil. Help. He's he's gone. Yeah. yeah. Kian runs to... Henry's with <laughs> And Ox trails behind. We're really good at listening to orders. <laughs> I didn't think you would. I said I was going to come on this trip. I didn't say I'd follow us. <laughs> As Kian gets up, he just whispers in Celestial. Please, Aelin, I need to talk to you later, but I need my magic right now. You run down the, the corridor to the the door at the end of your um, your train car, but before you reach it, it blasts open. And Virgil, as the one in front, you feel a like a dry heat wash over you as fire burns down the door. Out from this flame steps a creature that I don't believe any of you have seen. It looks like a canine or some sort of large cat with huge skeletal wings and a barbed tail, reminiscent of the scorpions that you once fought before. Instead of one head, it has three, uh, each a different beast. There's, it looks almost like a dragon, but not quite. There's something, there's something off about it that you can't quite place and doesn't give you much time to place it as it starts to prowl the train car. In the center, another furred head. You can't tell if it's a cat or a dog or something else entirely. It has three sets of fangs as it roars at you. And then the other side, some kind of stag's head and it prowls towards you. Virgil. Okay. And he starts whistling. And I think we should roll initiative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, will you let me have activated my blade song? <laughs> With that- Oh no, Kian! <laughs> 26 for Ox. Two for Henry. <laughs> 21 for Virgil. One. <laughs> Ox, you see this thing lunge towards Virgil with a clawed half-scaled, half-furred paw outstretched. Ox reaches for his usual gun, but then goes for the new one and uh, is quick to draw with an 11. Ox, you you shoot and there's a, a loud smash and the tinkling of glass as one of the windows breaks and falls into the, the train car right behind this beast. One of its heads, the, the reptilian one, snaps back for a moment and then back to you with a new rage in its eyes. And that is where we'll end the session for tonight. I was on the sparrow, her mind was on the death. But no Teacher.